Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Print Life Podcast. Today, I'm going to be chatting with artist, illustrator, and textile designer, Mayan Alperswan. You're listening to the Print Life Podcast. I'm Leslie Kinahan, owner and creative director at White Buffalo Studio and founder of the Print Life Community. This podcast was created to offer insight into the hidden world of print design. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to attract dream clients, increase sales, and build a sustainable business that you love, you're in the right place. With over a decade of experience, I'll be covering all things surface pattern and print design, sales, marketing, and mindset to support designers in growing a creative business. Whether you're freelance, in-house, or just getting started, I've got you covered. Welcome to The Print Life. Mayan is a Brooklyn-based artist, illustrator, and textile designer working at the intersection of art and fashion. She loves to travel, and her work celebrates the cultural exchange informed by her heritage and upbringing, centered around women and exploring folk traditions and their relationships to nature and myth. She works primarily in watercolor and ink, employing a unique sense of color-infused by her undying love for the 70s. I am super excited to be chatting with Mayan today. I've been a fan for a very long time and I'm really looking forward to diving into a little bit about her background, how she got started in print design, and what she has to offer those of you listening. So thanks for joining me. Hello Mayan, welcome to the Print Life Podcast. Thanks for having me, I'm excited to chat. So I'd love to start with chatting a little bit about kind of a broad overview of your background and how you ultimately landed in the world of print design. So um, I was always kind of the artsy kid, you know, I was that kid who drew on everything and uh, put together a lot of colorful outfits. Um, I guess I come from a creative family. My dad's an architect and so are my grandfather and my great grandfather. So it's kind of, you know, I, I just feel like I kind of grew up in a very aesthetically conscious environment, you know. I was always really into color and um, yeah, art and stuff like that. And I actually studied fashion design. <laughs> so I, you know, I always kind of knew I was going to do something in the arts. But when it came to be like, oh, what am I going to do? Like kind of a, I guess, practical uh, profession as much as fashion is practical. Um, but I went into fashion design. So I went to FIT and um, I actually started working in the industry. I was working as a freelance women's wear designer. Um, I didn't feel like creatively fulfilled within fashion design. Um, yeah, kind of a couple of things happened around the same time where I had some clients who basically asked me like, oh, can you like, they were just asking me for some like kind of simple graphics and patterns. And it was kind of like, oh yeah, sure. Um, so it kind of got me started on that. And um, I sat in on a on a studio uh, appointment, you know, on a print studio appointment, which is not something I was really familiar with. And when I was looking at the prints, um, I was like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> you know, I kind of just had this moment of like, oh, no, this is for me. This is what I want to do. And I pretty much just started, um, I put together like a textile design um, portfolio. And I started researching, um, you know, studios and print studios and kind of the whole world of that because it was kind of foreign to me. Um, and yeah, kind of it all took off from there. Wow. I feel like you and I are very similar in that way. And that was the moment for me as well. I was on the design side and a studio came in and I was like, what's this? Like they opened oh, the suitcase so cool. and pull out the prints and you're like, 
I need to, I need to be in that world. That felt like the better fit than the side of the table I was sitting on. Yeah, absolutely. It felt that way to me too. It was one of those maybe cliche, like when moments when something really clicks for you, where you're like, oh, this is a combination of things that I really love. Like I love fashion, but there was, it just didn't feel that creative to me at the time. And being able to bring my background in art and painting and, you know, just all that stuff together was like, oh, wow, this is it. (laughs) Oh yeah. I love hearing um, stories that have those moments where everything just clicks and you just know, and you choose the path. So now that you've decided that you want to be part of this other world and you are researching studios, you're working on your portfolio, tell us a little bit about what that process looked like in the beginning for you. Did you have to learn any new programs or what did it look like for you to get started going in a different direction? Well, I, I was pretty good with like, you know, the Photoshop and the program and stuff like that. Um, it was a little bit more kind of getting back to exploring, you know, paintings and drawings again, which just because of school and working in the industry, I just was doing less of at the moment um, or at that time. So um, just kind of getting back into that and looking at what I wanted to do and, and kind of just familiarizing myself with the process. Because as you know, like the print studio process is very particular and it's like you're working towards, um, you know, um, work that may or may not be sold and stuff like that so it's kind of um I actually found it like to be a really good portfolio builder but there was just you know I was still freelancing in women's wear kind of like for a little while while I was getting everything together but it was basically like I was just getting home and like then painting and putting together prints and researching and stuff so it probably took a few months but it was pretty quick because I was very motivated once I saw once that world revealed itself to me um I was quite motivated to to move into that. Wow. Within just a few months. That's amazing. So working with print design studios, um, getting started, were you on a freelance basis? Were you coming in-house for these studios or were you on consignment? I was on consignment. Yeah. So I worked with a couple of studios um, and I also was starting to look for freelance clients. So it kind of was happening around the same time. I think studio allowed me, you know, I I kind of built a small portfolio just to be able to approach a studio because I had like nothing, you know, except for a couple of fairly simple stuff I've done for uh, women's clients. So, um, so yeah, I was, you know, built a bit of a bit of a portfolio, but then having the studio work, kind of helped me build even more of a portfolio so I can show to um, to freelance clients. And then it kind of went from there. So I was doing both those things um, at the same time for a while. That was kind of the core of my work for a long time, studio and um, freelance clients. Since you were doing both the freelance and the consignment, would you say that, because my experience obviously is working with designers on consignment, I've never been a consignment designer, but would you say it supported you in being able to explore and find your style and play with briefs and things like that? Absolutely. Um, I would definitely recommend that for people starting out. I mean, I've been out of it for a little while, so I don't know exactly how things are looking these days, but from my experience, it really allowed me to, you know, having the briefs and having kind of something to design against was really helpful early on, you know, because I was kind of still exploring my own voice within you know within that world and having kind of working towards a trend and looking at what is selling and having that sense of like oh okay I committed to the way the studio I worked with um the main one I worked with um they would give you a bunch of uh, briefs and you can kind of like choose you know which ones you wanted to work towards uh which ones you're going to contribute to so it was kind of nice because you know you do have some you know some say in what you're going to work on and like what you're interested in exploring and 
you know, maybe you're, you were like, oh, I've never done a conversational when I get into this or I want to do, okay, florals, maybe let's see what I can do to make it my own, things like that. So I think for, for people who are just starting out, I would really recommend it. I think it really helped me build a portfolio. It helped me see, you know, my work was out. It's a little less, you know, obviously personal because you're seeing, because your work ends up in, you know, like my work ended up in really big brands, but of course I wasn't working with them one-on-one, but it was really good because it's, you know, proof of concept, I suppose, <laughs> that your work can sell. Um, and it's uh, to me, it was just a really good way of like exploring and trying different things, trying different mediums. Um, and yeah, for me, it was really uh, gave me a lot of confidence um, early on. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like a very mutually beneficial working relationship, whether for a designer who's just getting started or perhaps trying out a different part of the industry, you know, moving over from another industry into fashion design, as well as for the studios that prefer to work with designers in this capacity. So you're working with your studio on consignment, you're building your list, you're working as a freelancer as well. At what point did you feel that you wanted to go sort of all in on the freelance and let go of the studio work? Um, Basically within maybe a year or two, probably two years, I moved out of doing studio work maybe a little more, um, to doing clients own, like, you know, kind of freelance clients only. Um, but I did work with people, you know, both I was doing, I kind of liked doing both. Cause I mean, obviously the payment structure, the kind of, in terms of income, it's helpful to have something that's more guaranteed, like a freelance, um, you know, project versus, you know, what a may or may not sell, but I actually did pretty well with the studio. So it was kind of, you know, for me, it was a good balance. But um, so over time, I just shifted over. But for a long time, it was for a few years, it was both. And I, to me, it was really nice. Like I was over time, I was able to take on less and less in terms of studio work, but I was still doing it because I felt like it gave me a sense of what was out in the world, what was selling the trends, you know, to me, it was like, as a person who didn't have a background in textile design was just getting into it, I found it really helpful. Um, so yeah, but it was definitely something that over time, I transitioned and I couldn't really afford to do work on spec anymore because my time was getting really valuable with my client work. That's really great. So that leads into the next topic I want to cover, which is diversifying because you were kind of diversifying right off of the bat, which I think was a really great way to start, you know, working um, with print design studios to be able to play and explore and then also establishing a client list and starting to work one-on-one before moving over to fully being in the freelance world. So are there any other areas of the market that you're currently playing in or any other revenue streams that you're working in? What kind of, um, what can you tell us about the way that you diversify your income at the moment? I mean, the main things for me is, um, you know, still freelance client work, um, but also uh, licensing, which has been really great um, and has been really, um, I mean, obviously passive income is nice, <laughs> but it's also been um, a place to be able to build a little bit of my own brand. Um, and, you know, with client work at this point, I'm lucky enough that people come to me for what I do. You know, people come to me to, you know, for my style, for some, for what they've seen me do already. But another thing about licensing is that like you, it's basically oftentimes like personal work or just kind of like other work um, that I'm putting out there that, you know, people just decide to use work that's already existing. So again, it's a different process, but it's a way of kind of building a brand. And like the first licensing client I had was Casetify, um, which I still work with um, for like tech accessories and phone cases. And they approached me uh, and I was kind of, 
you know, not, it wasn't, licensing was not really on my radar at that time. So I guess it was lucky that they came to me. Um, and I really felt like um, it was a good partnership because it was a good way of exploring, like for me, the idea that there was all this work that I did that was, you know, personal work of mine that sold really well. That's like, that brings you a lot of confidence into your own work and in your own voice and in your own, I know you call it handwriting, um, kind of in your own style of, of, you know, work that I did for myself, stuff that I really liked, you know, and stuff that I was proud of, but it wasn't against any brief. It wasn't against any trend. It was just for me and it sold really well. So it's the kind of thing where, um, yeah, again, I guess it builds your confidence and it gives you a sense of a brand and being known for something. So to me, licensing really helped me expand that uh, part of my business. I love that. It seems that for fashion print designers, licensing is becoming more and more common to add that secondary stream of income. Um, it's not in my background, the license, the world of licensing. So I'm curious as far as establishing brand first and then diving into licensing or diving into licensing and finding your own unique place, what kind of advice would you give designers out there who are interested in kind of exploring in this area? I definitely think that um, having your your own style and having something that people want, I mean, that people go to, meaning like, again, like I said, I have clients who are looking at my work on Instagram or stuff like that. And they're like, oh, we want you to do this for us. So we want to license this thing that exists and that exists already. So I think that is helpful for licensing because oftentimes part of the idea is that they're not paying you. Although, of course, they can create, you know, you can charge a fee to design something custom for licensing as well. I've definitely done that as well. But oftentimes they want to see existing work. So it does help to have, you know, a bit of a portfolio. But I also think like don't wait too long to pitch yourself. Um, that maybe is something that I think is hard when you're first starting out. And maybe I wasn't the best about it the first couple of years. Because um, I think you have a sense of like, oh, I'm not ready or you're waiting for some kind of like, oh, some moment where your work will reach a certain level that, okay, now I can pitch. And it's like, just, you know, pitch yourself, um, you know, reach out to people, reach out to brand that you want to work with because you never know. And, you, you know, they might, you know, there's something about your work, your color palette, your style, something that they're seeing there. And if, you know, and honestly, if your work evolves in the future, you can always pitch them again if it didn't, you know, if it didn't lead to anything now. So um, so I guess I would say, I think it is good to have some kind of basis, some kind of portfolio, but also, you know, don't feel like you have to have some, like you have, you have to have arrived at your ultimate form as a designer or as an artist to pitch, you know, just try to put your name out there in front of people, um, as early as you feel comfortable and probably a little before you feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really great advice. Um, like taking that imperfect action just before, like you were saying too, like it's not really necessarily, we're never going to feel ready for anything in our life, right? Like when are we ever really fully ready to do anything? Um, and taking that imperfect right. action brings a lot of clarity. When you start moving forward, you can start making decisions about the steps you've taken, right? And like start to see what's working, what isn't working. And if we don't take those steps, we don't know what what's working, what isn't working and what direction we want to head, right? Yeah, I mean, it gives you feedback about your work, but it also, I think, gives you a sense of, um, it could give you a lot of sense of confidence, but also just the more eyes you have on your work, like in the long term, that's better. I mean, I have people who I know have followed me for years on Instagram, but then one day they just pop in and in an email and they want to work together. And maybe they've seen my work, you know, a few years ago, but there wasn't really something that made sense. And so things might you know just because something doesn't work in the moment or a pitch doesn't lead to a project or or a collaboration or something in the moment doesn't mean that it won't like eventually lead to something so don't think that 
you have to, so it's just, you know, it's just good to be out there in, you know, in front of people. Yeah. And it's definitely our industry. Would you agree that it's like a long game mentality? Like if you're in it, you got to be in it for the long game and everything that we put out there, like you said, like even as a studio, we create off briefs and we look to trends and forecasting and sometimes things will be in our collection for like a year and then it starts selling. And I'm like, Oh, maybe we were just a little bit ahead or we weren't hitting things at the right time. Um, and you never know. Yeah. I have prints that I did years ago for studios, you know, kind of like leftover from collection and stuff that, um, years later, a client would be like, Oh, can you do something like this for us? Or it would get licensed. So you kind of never know something. Um, sometimes you're ahead of your time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So in terms of licensing, are you finding that a majority of the deals that you're getting are coming through people following you on social and coming to you, approaching you, or are you working with a licensing agent? Do you need a licensing attorney? Tell us a little bit about what what that process looks like for you. So, so far, all of my licensing has actually been stuff that I was approached to do. So I'm pretty, I've been pretty lucky with that. Um, actually looking into possibly getting an agent or something just because it's something that has gone pretty well for me and I would like to grow that part of my business and it's just um, it's just work you know it's a lot it's a lot of legwork to do the the licensing I mean at this point I have a licensing contract that I put together um, and stuff that you know so I have like the kind of infrastructure so to speak in place to to like be able to bring in more licensing work uh, but you definitely you definitely have to do some legwork in the beginning to get that going and to feel comfortable and you want to make sure that you're protecting yourself, obviously. So contracts very important. I know it's boring, but it's important. Um, and um, so for me, I've been really lucky to bring that into to, that it all came to me, but I would like to to do a little bit more of that. So I would say that. Um, you know, looking for an agent or something like that is kind of the next step for me. Um, but I don't think you necessarily need one. It just means you have to do a little bit more pitching and legwork. Okay. And finding like a licensing agent, how has that process looked for you? Is that something that you have to seek them out or are they finding you or how, how does that process look? I've been approached by a few before that just didn't, I didn't think were a good fit for me. Uh, so I am kind of in the process of, you know, looking for the, cause I do think it really matters that they work in a similar, you know, we, we talk about market and stuff like that and textile design and surface design. It's important that they have a sense of like, my work is definitely less like on the cutesy side than a lot of stuff you see in license in the licensing world. So I think, you know, it's important to me to find somebody that looks at my work and they, you know, and they really feel like they have the kind of, markets or clients where they can they can sell that that they want to you know somebody that I think would just be a good partner for me mm-hmm. um so I think that's important like I don't just go with the first you know person that you maybe find or that approaches you um so it's definitely a bit of a process um and I'm not quite um I'm not quite ready to like pull a trigger on that but um yeah I mean there if you're looking to if you're interested in licensing there's definitely a lot of licensing agencies that are like on Instagram and stuff like that and I think that could be a good follow you know good people to follow and maybe look at some of the artists you like whose product you know whose work you see on a lot of products and maybe see who if they have an agent and who they're working with and you can do some of your research around that that's definitely kind of the the space where I'm at right now trying to figure out who I might want to work with. So would you say that having a good understanding of a market or a client base or the end use still applies even if you're designing in the licensing space? Yeah, I mean, I think so. There's definitely a bit more, I mean, because licensing oftentimes is, you know, goes off of existing work. So having like 
your own brand or like having a voice, whatever kind of, you know, helps because they're coming to you for that stuff. So the idea, but I think with, with a licensing agent, you know, they tend to have a roster of, you know, brands and people that they already work with, and then they just pitch their artists too. So it's important to kind of get a sense of like, oh, will my work make sense on the kind of, you know, with the kind of brands that they've worked with before. So I think it's, it's just about, it's always about finding a match in people that you, you know, enjoy working with and that you think will be, you know, that the work will be beneficial for both ends of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Um, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit here because I know a lot of designers love to hear or even to get like a little peek into the day of another designer. So <laughs> tell us a little bit now that you have freelance clients, you're doing licensing, you're creating a lot of art. What does a typical day look like for you? I mean, I would say that there's no typical day, but for me, that's a good thing. I know some people kind of need more of a structure. I think I work well where every day is just a little different and I don't get too bored. Um, but I am at this point like a, a one woman show. So it is, you know, there's definitely a balance between, um, you know, art days versus, you know, Photoshop and putting stuff in repeat days and more admin days. Um, I try to have a little bit more of the days that I really, uh, you know, paint, I try to, you know, kind of put the computer away. I don't really answer emails, you know, unless it's something really urgent, I try to get to it in the afternoon. Um, I do try to make the art time like kind of, you know, precious, you know, it's it, like kind of make it um, so I'm not letting myself get distracted by other things. Um, but it's definitely a mix of all those things. And that's something that I always say to freelancers, you have to be kind of self-motivated and organized or at least um, have the kind of uh, you have to have that attitude where like it's it's on it's on you, especially early on, maybe, you know, later on you can bring in more people into a team but I think that um it's gonna it's a lot it's like you know you're managing a business you are you know getting people the artwork files they need and you know all that kind of stuff but you're also trying to always create new work and do stuff so and you're answering emails and pitches and stuff like that so it's it's a lot but to me it's something that is towards an end you know it's towards a business that obviously you know that I that I believe in and want to grow and so you kind of do like you said you have to be all in um, but I definitely think that it's a certain kind of personality. It's, it's freelancing is not for everybody, but, um, for me, it has worked really well. And I do enjoy that every day is a little bit different. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't think I could ever go back to a structured day or like a nine to five. And like you were saying, you've, you've never been in that situation. So I guess you don't know any different, but I can't imagine you would ever go into that situation ever <laughs> having after having freelanced for so long, right? I remember it just being so hard to be on when they need you to be on and, you know, the bustling office environment around you while you're trying to be creative. And I like my creative space to be such a way. So I, I don't imagine I will ever go back to, um, any other environment than the one I've created in my own home. Yeah, same here. Um, early on in my freelance life, there were a couple of clients where I would occasionally come in, um, you know, maybe two days a week or something like that. So I did have the office experience, although I was a freelancer. So I kind of made my own. I was a little bit within their office hours. Um, and that was, I, I agree, it was challenging for me to kind of like, okay, you must be creative between nine to five, you know, like, and it's just not natural and I'm, you know, I'm easily distracted. So I kind of have, you know, I have a studio in my apartment and I like that it's like, I can close the door or I can play music or I can, um, you know, it's just like, I have my space and it's mine and it's just feels 
Um, you know, if I want to stay up late to paint because I started something and it's just like going well and I want to keep going, then I can. Or if I want to, you know, take the day off to go to the museum, then I can. And I feel like for me, that's the work-life balance is that not every day or even every week looks necessarily <laughs> particularly balanced, yeah. but over time, that's the life balance that I want. So how long have you been a freelancer at this point? I mean, with the fashion design, like about 10 years. Yeah. So. And you have been able to create consistent income over that time by being a freelancer in our industry. And I think that that speaks, um, I think it's really important for designers out there to hear that that's a possibility because I think we often maybe we're told or we feel that I can't freelance and make a salary. Like there's a, maybe a little bit of fear around going in and seeing if that's a possibility. But I think it, like you said, it also takes a special person who's willing to do all of the pieces that our business need us to do in order to make it work, right? Yeah, it's definitely work. Um, so like, like I said before, not to discourage people, but it's, I'm not saying it's not for everybody, but you do have to have a certain kind of uh, frame of mind to go into this and I think, and be successful mm -hmm. in it, I think. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely proof that you can do this. You can uh, live in New York City and be a freelance artist and designer. Um, it's definitely doable. It's work, um, but it's very worth it. Yeah. And you have such beautiful work. Thank you. So in terms of licensing your work, are you licensing to fashion or apparel companies or is it um, a different type of market or where are you seeing a lot of your buyers kind of coming from? Um, it's actually, I've done some stuff, some stuff in fashion. As you know, the apparel industry is a little bit more um, traditional in terms of, you know, buying designs outright uh, for the most part. So that's still most of my licensing so far has been outside of fashion. So it's been, you know, surface design, but it's been outside of fashion per se. But I have done some collaborations where um, something, you know, like a print was available for a limited time, you know, through a brand and, you know, and they just licensed licenses to use, you know, that way. Or I've had people, um, you know, license and you know, in existing work and things like that. So it it does happen. Um, I think nowadays with, um, you know, there's smaller brands out there and people are kind of trying to be creative in different ways and how they want to work with artists and designers. So there's definitely a lot of potential. Um, but my stuff has been on, uh, you know, wallpaper, on um, like party supplies, a lot of different accessories. Um, tech accessories has been amazing for me. Um, yeah, a lot of home decor stuff like bedding and things like that. So there's, there's, you know, there's a big market out there. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely a huge market. Um, so switching gears a little bit, now that you are not only designing for clients with briefs, um, but also designing your own prints for licensing, how does that creative process look for you? How does it look in terms of do you develop your own briefs at this point? Or are you still getting them from the clients? And um, something else I like to ask is where are the unique places that you like to look for ideas and concepts when you're creating print collections? Um, I think for, in terms of briefs, it definitely varies between, um, between clients. I have some clients that I've worked with, with a long, for a long time and my work with them has kind of morphed into kind of a creative direction role. So with them, I really kind of put everything together from like a seasonal kind of direction and, and color and inspiration and, and all that. And then, you know, you have a little bit more kind of 
you were able to be a little bit more bigger part of the vision towards, you know, where the prints also fit in and all that and creating the prints. But it's, um, it's just of a different way of working with people. And I've been lucky to have some long-term clients that I do that with. And it's been, and that's been really great. Um, and, you know, so that's a little different. And I usually look for, I mean, for me, inspiration is um, I travel a lot. So I really like to, to me, kind of immersing yourself in the culture and kind of letting um, just it's always been so eye-opening every uh, place in the world that I've been to so to me that's like the, my biggest uh, place to look for inspiration um, I'm pretty old school like I love to go to museums <laughs> um, so that's still like you know probably the biggest thing for me is like to take a day and just go you know I live in New York so obviously the Met the MoMA we have we're very spoiled uh, the Noya Gallery we have some amazing um, museums here um, and everywhere I travel I'm always like fitting in as many museums as I can um, I actually find a lot of inspiration in fiction, in, in you know, reading books and just having, um, you know, sometimes a, the way something is described, you just have, get a mental image of something and, or like the way a color is described and it just kind of takes you on, you know, takes you on, on this whole journey of like, okay, maybe I want to try to paint this or it gives you some idea. So, um, you know, I know the cliche is inspiration is everywhere, um, but I do think it's true. I mean, I, I'm kind of art history nerd so I really like uh like the Vienna Secession movement and Art Nouveau and so I'm really inspired by that stuff and although it's you know more than 100 years old at this point to me there's so much um in that that is still still so inspiring um yeah um inspiration really to me is everywhere but if you can get out in nature and get to you know another country another city and travel those are the things that I've always um kind of opened my eyes I love that. I don't think I've ever heard anybody mention reading fiction for inspiration. I think that's so beautiful because it does kind of give you all this beautiful mental imagery when you're reading. And I've never thought about it in relation to like coming up with print concepts. And I think that's really beautiful and unique. So what was the last place you traveled to that you were inspired by? I mean, I was just, this is a small thing, but I was just in Chicago because um, I have some family there. And I went to the Art Institute there, which I haven't been to for a couple of years because of the pandemic. Um, and that's just an amazing, amazing um, museum. And they had a William Morris exhibit um, that's there right now. So obviously, you know, very uh, textile design uh, relevant. Um, I was in um, Costa Rica last year, was probably one of my last kind of big uh, trips, again, because of COVID, my usual uh, travel schedule is a little off. But um, and now just being, you know, in the jungles and being in, you know, uh, by the beach all the time, it's just like kind of a different way of life and seeing, you know, seeing the monkeys around when you're doing yoga, you know, like all that kind of stuff is just, um, you know, again, it just it, it's inspiring. It's creative. It's kind of like putting you in a different frame of mind, even like a different pace for a while. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And why don't you tell us if there was a designer just getting started right now. What is one piece of advice that you would give a designer to head down on the path or to dive into this whole world? Um, like I said, the don't wait to pitch your work. I definitely think that's a big one. Um, something that may sound silly, but I like take every project seriously because you never know what it might lead to. Like I've done like kind of one-off projects early on that then when, you know, a few years later when the other, when one of the, people like um, started another company has now become like one of my, you know, regular clients. So it's like, you kind of never know, um, you know, even if it's a one-off or something like that, give her your all because you never know where it might lead to. Um, 
and create the work you want to be doing. Like, you know, your portfolio, you know, obviously you want to be somewhat aware of, um, you know, versatility and, you know, kind of commercial potential, but also do the kind of work that you want people to hire you to do. Because if they're not seeing that work in your portfolio, then they, they don't know that you can do it or they don't know that they can hire you for that. So it might seem obvious, but maybe not <laughs> that, you know, like, cause we're so concerned, obviously when we're starting out for obvious reasons about what we'll sell and making money and just try to find that balance of stuff that is commercial and also stuff that makes, you know, that is your own voice or something that you can bring to it. Even if it's florals, you know, what, what do you bring to florals? How are your florals different? You know, whatever it is, because there's so much out there and I think you need to be a little different to, to stand out. And also, again, because the work that you enjoy doing at the end of the day um, often is what people end up hiring you to do because they're seeing that joy in it. You know, they're seeing that something special in it. Yeah, that's really beautiful advice, because sometimes you end up putting things like you said in there and you don't want if you don't want to be doing certain type of work, don't have it in there. Only put the work in there that you want to be doing. That's really great advice. Okay, well, Mayan, why don't you let everybody know where they can follow you and see what's going on in your print life? So my website is uh, mayanalperswan.com and Instagram, obviously. And I share, I try to share a little bit of kind of behind the scenes and process on there. So it um, might be helpful to other designers and artists starting out. On my website, you can sign up for my newsletter um, where I also share, you know, inspiration and kind of new work, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, stuff, new stuff I'm working on and kind of trying to connect with an audience. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mayan, for coming on. It was really lovely to chat with you and hear more about your background and all the things. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you. This was great. Thank you for listening in to another episode of the Print Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to share a rating or a review with me and let me know how you're liking it. For other free trainings, workshops, resources for service pattern and print designers, head over to lesliekenahan.com and take a look around. See you next time.